Uh, hi, everybody. We're here recording live at Tech Barbecue. As always, it's Startup 42 Media. Uh, Alex Feldman, James Tigby, sitting down with another very, very special de- uh, guest, Victor Ripabelli from, oh, fuck, I already fi- forgot the name. Synthesia. 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 You're not the first. The fact that he went through the name first and then only messed up the company, we're doing good today. Jesus Christ. I mean, you're second to last. We've been doing this since like 10 this morning. Uh, anyways, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Victor, thank you so much for being here. Can you tell people just a little bit about your background? At, go as far back as you want and just give some context of, of who you are. And yeah, who you are, where you came from. Yeah, sure. Well, so I grew up in uh, in, in Copenhagen, where, where we are right now. Um, I guess my kind of my background is I've always been a computer geek. Obviously, I think as I think a lot of people in tech have. Mm-hmm. Uh, played a lot of games, some computers, things like that. Sort of tr- started turning that into a career in my late teens, where we do a lot of small stuff like online marketing, setting up e-commerce stores for local businesses, moved into working into more kind of tech, right? So building SaaS companies um, here in Copenhagen. So all here in Denmark first, right? All here in Denmark first, yeah. Going around the scene, different parts. I'm guessing tech wasn't tech when you were growing up, right, either. Not really. And it wasn't quite like this as it is now with Tech Barbecue being such a, you know, 7,500 people coming in. We didn't have an event like this, right? No, I think Tech Barbecue, when when I, my first one was like 5,000 people maybe. Maybe even less than that. It was very, very small yeah. back then. So I've, I've, uh, I think I've been fortunate to have been part of, of the tech boom in Copenhagen as well. Um, but I did that, and that was more kind of traditional SaaS type of things, fintech. Um, on the side, I've always been actually mostly passionate about like frontier technology, uh, gaming, visual effects, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I decided to move to London around four years ago now to pursue that. So I started a small consultancy company where we worked with virtual reality, augmented reality, yeah. Um, why? Why London? What? What drew you to London in the first place? I mean, it's well, I mean, as opposed to Berlin or you know, even the last five yeah. years, that's the most destination-centric yeah. place to go to, right? Well, I think you know, I, I spent, uh, I, I did a semester at Stanford uh, for my uh, for my for my undergraduate degree. I'm just gonna boo for a second. There. I'm sorry. I'm just booing for a second. I, I'm a Berkeley person, so too bad. Go Bears. Go Bears. Sorry. No, but I think you know. I, I went. To, I went there. Really loved being in the valley. Loved the people. Loved the big thinking, which I think is something we're we're definitely lacking in Denmark mm-hmm. and in Europe. Um, as you probably know, it's pretty difficult to move to the U.S. if you uh, if you are just a normal person that wants to move to the U.S. That can yeah. be hard. Um, and also most of my friends' family network was in Europe. So I felt like London was a good place to go. I wanted to build a deep tech company. Um, I think that's hard to do in, in, in Denmark. London, there is capital. I think the mindset is a little bit different. And you have a lot of good universities where you, have, where you can find um, the PhDs. Could you, you have need found to, the talent here in Denmark? Or do you think that I don't it's think so, actually no. the, the, such depth of knowledge that you would need to create this that you had to go to london yeah. the much larger market i mean london has eight million inhabitants as opposed to 5.5 yeah. 5 in denmark well i th- yeah no i think i think we would have to be in london because you also have this mechanic right it, in in the year it's easy to move so many of the for the, the best people for now <laughs> easy many of the best easy. people will go to to places like oxford cambridge ucl yeah. uh, which uh, has some of the best professors in the world and particularly in ai right yeah okay I'm just really, really curious. I mean, it might seem obvious, but but what got you really into? I mean, now it's the hot thing, so it's so obvious. Like, oh, of course you're an AI. But but what really got you personally going down that right? Early, right? What? Four or five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, rel- mean, I mean, at least a little bit before the hype. I mean, it. I I think you know I, I I did I worked in in virtual reality, augmented reality, and and I also on the side like did game pro game programming for myself and. 
I realized how difficult it is to create content, right? It is such a time-consuming process. It's absolutely insane. And when no, I saw no, we, the first... You wouldn't know uh, anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're managing to do it all in a van. I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, I saw the first, like, uh, deepfake videos, right? Which is, unfortunately, the word that has caught on for this kind of technology. I um, saw those... Quick quick th thing, yeah. just, just for our people who are not as technical. Can you just explain what a, a deepfake video is? Right. So a deepfake video is what most people have probably heard of them is there's a big worry that you can with these technology you can take a video clip of Donald Trump for example or someone else and you can make them say something they did not actually say right so it is technology that goes into a video you can edit the video to edit what someone says um, and uh, you know that's something that has been done in Hollywood for like a very very long time it's just been prohibitively expensive unless you're doing a Marvel or Avengers yeah. or Avatar film right but what's happened is that AI can now do this in like much easier and much cheaper and faster than, than what has been possible before. Why, uh, I have a good question. Why do you think, because I feel like there might be certain applications where that would actually be a good thing, but everyone's really focused on like the negative. I don't know. Let's say uh, this may, may or may not be a good thing, but, but let's say a, a politician said something that could kill his career or something like that and using this to then yeah. make that statement go away. Yeah. Naturally, maybe that's not the best example, but you know what I mean? It sort of yeah. w changed some things that maybe weren't as nice into things that are nicer, but most people, I don't know, where it takes so something people say and, and do, do the opposite. Everyone's sort of towards the, the negative. I would assume most people would say towards, towards the negative. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I mean, I think, you know, uh, maybe also just to, to give a little background to the listeners about what we actually do, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a tech we do, but what's the use cases? Um, we s I think that was the contrarian move like back when I met the professor from Stanford that invented this technology, who's now my co-founder, is that like most people are like, oh my God, it's scary, fake news, misinformation, mm -hmm. which is certainly is a worry and it's something we're also working on. Uh, but really what we're seeing here is, is a whole new way to create content, right? And it's a glimpse into that. Yep. Photoshop completely changed the way we use photos and these mm -hmm. technologies will completely change the way that we do videos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So today what we do practically is we help companies uh, localize and personalize their video content, right? So for example, nice. we work with most of our clients are in the e-learning space. So you have one e-learning course, which you know the kind of course you you have to watch when you work in a big company. And we can create language versions of them in 40 different languages. And to the viewer, it looks like it was recorded in Spanish or Danish or Italian. You cannot tell the difference, right? <laughs> Which is much more engaging wow. than subtitles. Do, do you, when you would do something like that, <coughs> also bring in, I don't know, when you're doing it in Spanish, you'd bring someone from Latin America or yeah. China from China, da 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 is that, is that what you do? So it kind of just looks all natural across the board? Is that kind of what happens with it? Or, or no. Not quite? So, so or would it just look it. like the same person? Same person. Okay. So you have a video of me, and mm -hmm. I'm saying something. It's a two-minute video of me. What I deliver back to you as the client is a, ver a version where I am speaking in Spanish, Chinese, Mandarin, so on. Like, we just did a campaign with David Beckham, for example, where he speaks nine different languages. Okay. Um, he can't speak nine different languages? He cannot speak nine different languages. Okay. But with our technology, <laughs> he, finally, he finally can. He can go <laughs> all the way through. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's downloaded like a bit on the Matrix, and yeah. away he goes. Is that <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, oh, it, it's something like that, right? So... Um, so that's one of the things we do, but you know, we, we, we're obviously moving towards being able to take a piece of text and create a video of someone saying that, right? Okay. Um, and I think, you know, kind of one of the end goals for us is how do you give Siri or Alexa a face? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's a lot of the stuff we're working on now. For example, we're doing, I can't say which, which major TV network, but we're doing the world's first AI-generated weather report. So what we do is we take 
from uh, a, a real-time weather API, mm-hmm. take the data points, like how hot is it, uh, what kind of weather is it, and we can then generate a video of, pers- of, of a presenter saying that to camera. And that presenter is not there, and it's digital 100%. You yeah. have, to have to have an image of someone else from beforehand, and then yeah. that's all put into the system, and the way exactly. it goes. You have like a template video, and then we right. change that template video uh, to create a hyper-localized weather forecast in this instance. Wasn't it in China that they also have the first AI news reporter yeah. as well now? Exactly. Um, and actually, was just amazed. The, the, the viewers were just amazed that it yeah. wasn't a, a real person. They couldn't believe that. In fact, it wasn't a real person. Exactly. It, it's very much like that, what we're doing. I think that was a very cool example. We're trying to do it in like hyper-realistic mm-hmm. and in very high resolution as well, which is what, what we... The rendering must be really, really tough on that, on the, on the systems. So Yeah, it's... It was. <laughs> We've managed to get that down by a lot. So now we can actually create a new video in the span of five minutes. Really? So that's yeah. basically on the fly, we d- real we time? We deliver, like, for the weather report <coughs> stuff, we actually we generate the videos in less than one second. Oh, wow. So uh, I think in this case with the weather report, there is, if I remember correctly, there is, like, 3.7 billion different variables of this video, right? So we have to generate them on demand. Like, you cannot, you cannot render all those videos no. out and just store them on S3. That alone is going to be very, very expensive. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I was wow. just, uh, of something, I don't know why, but th- th- this is what popped in my head. And I saw, like, this tech, and I feel like this would just be a natural merger. Um, would you start throwing this on some of the, like, the hologram companies? I, I don't know if you've seen, you know, whether th- when they, they did Tupac at Coachella a couple years ago. They did Michael Jackson at one of the... <laughs> Award shows and they're talking about share is coming back. They should not share. I've heard they've been doing one about Elvis. Like they're doing all these ones, and then they're going to yeah. want to, you know, have them tour the world with these holograms. Do you think they would would use that to sort of localize? Like I, it would seem natural to me that you yeah. could put this on a hologram. Like why not? Yeah, I mean, said, and then localize Michael Jackson singing Chinese. Yeah, in saying? China, when when Michael or, Jackson or, goes, or, or just create a, a a version that actually looks like him, right? Because I think mm. the foundational technology of what we're building here is less about faces. That's yeah. like a wedge into the market. It's really about I mean, without getting too technical, but what's happening is that you have computer graphics, like when you're playing a computer game, mm-hmm. that obviously does not look real, right? Mm-hmm. It has to run real time, but it's, it's easy to do. You can sit in a studio behind a computer and create a computer game. On the other hand, you have visual effects in Hollywood that generally looks very, very real. Mm-hmm. What's happening now is those two worlds are merging. Mm-hmm. So what you could create is, like those holograms, mm-hmm. they are cool, but mm-hmm. they don't look like it's actually Tupac. I mean, they're getting better. I, I, I know yeah. they're getting better. And it, uh, but Tupac it, it was okay. Michael Jackson was much better. And I mean, it's it's, it's obviously it's getting better. But like these technologies, it's a skeleton key that's gonna make mm-hmm. uh, gra- like computer graphics look entirely real. So I, I think in ten years, a Hollywood film is not gonna be created necessarily with actors in a big warehouse. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be created like in the Unity game engine. You sit, you you move stuff around, and you give kind of a rough sketch of what you want to happen in the scene, and then AI system takes that as input and generates a video that looks entirely photorealistic and you cannot tell it's a... Do, do, do you think that that from that we're almost going to have, let's say, the, the last generation of, of movie stars that were just essentially going to take their likeness, run it through this engine, and then just pump out movies? Well, I get a lot of requests for that. <laughs> <laughs> all, so all the studios want From the studios. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, that, that movie that's coming out now, Gem- Gemini with Will Smith, in that one, they're actually doing this. They're using deepfake technology, right? So they mm-hmm. have, he's playing, the story is, is this is sex secret agent, and he meets this other secret agent that turns out to be like a, a younger version of him. 
So you have like young Will Smith in the mm. movie and you have current age Will Smith. And they mm. use defects in to basically de-age him by using old photos of him. Did, really? did, didn't they wow. do that? I th- maybe I'm wrong. But uh, didn't they do that, I think, for The Irishman? Do you know the, uh, 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 um, Scorsese's new movie? Right. I think Pacino and De Niro and whatever. And yeah. I think they used similar stuff to de-age. Yeah. The, these, it these wouldn't surprise me, uh, to be honest. Okay. I haven't, haven't read about it. But okay. Um, but I mean, this stuff is used all the time in films, right? We just don't notice because it's done really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I saw one that's the film thing. the other day, and I was like, "Oh, he looks really young. Is that like a lot of makeup, or is that like CGI?" And yeah. I had to just Google quickly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> but uh, it's just fascinating to see because, it's like, would you imagine this te- sort of technology five years ago? So the year before you went to London, yeah. could you even imagine it being this advanced in half a decade? No, nope, not at all. I mean. If it's 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 so mind blowing what uh, particularly this branch of AI called GANs, so generative networks, what they can do is just. I mean, you might have seen those websites where it's like people that don't exist. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that, um, but like these things generate photos of things that look entirely real. If you watch our stuff, I don't know if you've watched it. You you, ca- you cannot tell it's not, it's not a real video, right? Oh. And I think everyone in visual effects, just like our CTO is, is an ex, uh, very high in visual effects guy. This is the stuff that, is, that an AI can now do in basically five minutes. Would have taken like 12 months to do. Really? It's completely, it's... So it's a game changer beyond paradigms, basically. And yeah, taking sure. this. Where do you see this going in the next five years on top of that? Well, in the next five years, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more general like digital humans being deployed right so video production being a lot easier from our side what we're working on is making content truly global so as you might know germany here for example you know when you watch a movie it's dubbed mm-hmm. so someone it speaks in german over the movie that yeah. looks really bad we can go in and we can sync and reanimate the face of the actor so it looks like he's actually speaking in spanish or German. how far back can you take footage so like an 80s yeah. filmed with can we take so that that's a great great question um I, th- I think, like, right now, we haven't gone much further back than the 90s, but... That's far back. Yeah. Enough, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, in, in general, these systems actually work quite robust. If you have enough data to feed it, yeah. it will just reproduce data of the same quality. So if you if you showed a lot of stuff from the 80s, mm-hmm. it would reproduce something that looked like the 80s. Right. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's uh, entirely unfeasible that something like that's going to happen. And, and uh, just uh, one random thing that came to my mind, mm-hmm. like, because you're a Dane, is it because of the 90-year-old birthday? Of like that, that sketch every year that was imprinted in your brain, <laughs> you realize that this had to be done. So basically, it's a waiter. It's I, I don't know what you're talking about. At every all. other Dane, every person that's not lived in Denmark is going, huh? Basically, it's a waiter uh, that, that does a, um, a house party for the, the matron of the house. And he goes around and pretends to be different guests of that party. It's, it's a Dane thing. It's, I've, it's I've a, never heard of it. Never <laughs> heard of the party? Thank God I'm not the only no? person who no? get that reference. The 90th birthday party. Yeah. It's played on Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve every year. <laughs> I've been here in 12 days. Oh, like, oh, the, okay, yeah, no, no, now, now I get what you're doing. Okay, one. yes, yes. I'm just yeah. going around. Is it, is it because of that? No. <laughs> no, I thought you thought of like a tradition that we all had. Oh, no, no, no. The tradition is to pretend to be all the yeah. characters of the party. That, like, that's everyone's Don't family's worry, Christmas. Guys. Uh, some Danes went, I know what it is. Some other people went, uh, I have no idea. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, but no uh, I mean, like going back into it then, well, what will be your next steps right now? Like, you know, you're working on some fantastic new elements. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, do you, what are you excited for? the next release yeah. what, what so 
for us, like commercially, we just we're going to market, right? So we raised our second round uh, like four months ago. Congratulations! Um, so it's 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 not about you know scaling up acquiring uh, customers, finding that perfect product market fit. Technologically, what we're doing is working a lot on going from from a piece of text to a video, so as I mentioned before. Someone literally text. typing a script and then being able to take that from yeah. Exactly. Would that happen in the next five years? Oh, for sure. If the dev team work hard enough, we'll get in the next two. Is that <laughs> yeah, we are, we, are, we are not that far from it. And, and the interesting thing is that, you know, you have lots of things that are auto-generated in text today if you talk to CNBC or BBC or something like that, right? And once you can do this, it means you can have a visual interface for everything. So when you go to Google News today, you'll get 20 headlines you can click on, right? That's personalized to you. I think in two or three years, if you want to, there'll just be a video, a three-minute stream, where a news presenter is just like reading up about the headlines and you can maybe just okay. talk to your screen and say, hey, I want to know more about that. You go into talking about something else. Right. And that could be in like your, your Alexa. Uh, so do you see voice being a, a big component of this from, from in the home or do you see it being on the other side of it's actually more the, the, the digital and the recreation of a person? Yeah. Or is it just the voice and the information coming out? Or? For, for us, we're definitely building the visual interface. Uh, and voice really is just a byproduct, a beautiful byproduct that can work. Y yeah, it's, it's more kind of the input action to the system, right? Yeah. It's like if we can take just voice and produce video from that, that's extremely powerful. It's <laughs> like you don't always want that, yeah. but a lot of the times you actually you, you want something like that, right? You can imagine in a retail store, you want to have a new message every day from a famous celebrity, for example. Just type it in, you get a greeting. Uh, you want to have personalized advertisements that says, hey, Victor, thank you for buying the new sunglasses or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like It becomes uh, such a powerful thing we can scale that creation I of video. I have a question around talking about this. I feel like what that might end up doing is making it sort of really, really difficult around things like copyright or, or you know, using likeness of various yeah. things because then theoretically, right, you could take any video of anybody type this in and, and just auto-generate and, and, and be like, oh, we now have, I don't know, you, you used Cristiano Ronaldo before. Yeah. We now have an ad for Cristiano Ronaldo. Beckham, but... Oh, he said David Beckham, but whatever. <laughs> I, 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 I did a better soccer player, let's be real. But uh, <laughs> debatably. Um, but it seems like that's going to be a big challenge within society of, of like, okay, if, if you can auto-generate anyone saying anything, like, how do you compensate people for likeness? And it, it seems like we're going to have to change... These type, some yeah. something around these types of well, ways yeah. Of I mean, society. I think it's kind of a double-edged end because in one way, yes, right. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, copyright still exists. So if a company just uses mm -hmm. Beckham's like likeness without having had consent for it, he's they're gonna get sued, right? Mm -hmm. Just like they would if they photoshopped a picture of David right. Beckham holding a product that he did not actually buy. So mm -hmm. on the other hand, it's like it's not that different from images. You can also mm -hmm. photoshop images today. Um, but I think it's going to open a lot of new avenues, right? You look like look at like Kim Kardashian, for example. How much money she makes on licensing her name to an app, yeah, or all this sort of stuff. Right? You can imagine, <laughs> you can imagine these guys doing. If you want your kids to be taught math by David Beckham, you do that. It's just five dollars, and then you get a synthetic course with David Beckham teaching your kids math, the for Beck example. Academy. <laughs> <laughs> Copyright that for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Beckham, yeah. taking it. And sort of a different thing, I'm going to sort of almost see the positive side of a, a scandal that came out relatively recently around deep fakes. And this is around, um, I forgot the company. It was up really quick, came really down really quick, the, the deep fake nudes. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah there's a deep fake nudes scandal. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, to me, I think it, it actually might have a, a positive consequence 
which is that I, I think it might actually, I don't know, I'm, I'm a fairly sexually progressive minded in my person. I think it will actually maybe force us to become a little bit more progressive in our beliefs around nudity and, and these types of things when, when it, it's going to potentially become, you know, so easy to have a deep fake uh, yeah. nude or, or whatever and, and sort of what's happening, you know, with the, the releases of, of, of different celebrities and so on and so forth, you know, a lot of celebrities are jumping out in front of it and just being like, you know what? If you really want to see my breasts or penis or whatever, I'm just going to show it to you myself. And I think that's actually really good and liberating compared to all these people. Yeah. It, 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 I think it's going to force us to have these conversations. I think, I think it's also just, I mean, I think the good thing about the whole kind of media debate about deep face is it forces us to look at truth, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I think there's a false belief from a lot of people, like when we read these things, that today everything on the internet is true. Like, it's very mm -hmm. far from true, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, with things like the deep, fa uh, deep Nude app, I think it was called, it's like, it's not a new thing, right? Go on, go mm -hmm. on the internet, and you can find tons of celebrity websites where they just Photoshop on on, on mm -hmm. pictures of, mm -hmm. of you can find like unique celebrity, right? It's like it's not a new thing, but because it's AI, people just go absolutely nuts over it. And because it's more real in their minds as opposed to a bad Photoshop, then it's then much worse. Yeah, it's technically the same in, in such a sense, but I mean, like uh, you're right. I think that it's good that something bad like that has been pushed to the forefront. And has then allowed us then to, to have that conversation. Yeah. Does it have a detrimental effect on you and your businesses? Uh, you know, do people go, oh, okay, it's all about that first? Is yeah, that the, kind yeah. of the ignorant part <laughs> of things? Or yeah, I mean, I, obviously that's that's something that that I that I talk about a lot, right? And I, I want to talk about it because it's very important. You know, I, I see our role as a company is is also to try and, and, and face this head first. We believe by far that most applications are positive and mm. will be of great benefit, but we also want to tame it, right? So we're also working uh, like on, on, on things that have to do with detection, verification. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of my time talking to the big tech companies, military, government, media organizations. So I think that is very, very important um, that, the, that, that we keep having that, that conversation. If it's negative, I think, you know, if I'm being a little cheeky here, I actually think that it's it's... In the, in, the, in the sort of longer time horizon, I think being contrarian about things can be a good thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, without sounding cheesy, I've always liked Peter Thiel's idea, like what, what one thing in the world do you, uh, what's the one truth you, you have that no one else would agree with you on, yeah. something like that, right? And I think that was kind of mm -hmm. why we found, founded this company. Yeah. Like finding people who was like, see a deep fake and think, this is actually a really cool thing for creative expression and it's gonna change the world for the better. That's rare, right? And yeah. um, I can't tell the future. I think we're doing ours to make it a good future where these technologies are awesome and can enable lots of great new things. Might be wrong, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if that sort of answers your question. No, I, it certainly does. I think that's really great. And I think, as sort of wrapping it up, I, I like your real approach to it. I, I could sort of have this belief, technology in and of itself is pretty neutral. Yeah. It's not positive or negative. It's, it's really the people who are behind it and their intentions. And if their intentions are good, then the tech Technology will probably be for the good. Yeah. And it sounds like what you guys are doing is you're taking this yeah. technology that in and of it's suitable, but you're trying to do something good with it. And I think that's that's where I want to close today. And, and, and thank you so much for coming on. I, it, it's been really great. This has been really it's interesting. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, and thank you again. And, and we're signing off for a second, and we'll be on again in a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks again, everyone. Yeah, thanks.